On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the unofficial Tesla podcast, many 75D Model S and X owners are getting a full second shaved off of their cars zero to 60 times for free. Fired Tesla workers protest at the factory in Fremont. The Model 3 long-range battery may be even better than advertised and more. Welcome, friends. It is Ride the Lightning, the unofficial Tesla podcast, episode 117 for October 29th, 2017. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined by, yep, she's asleep, <laughs> sleeping Daisy the Boxer Puppy. Good to be with you here as uh, October wraps up and we start to head into November, which hopefully means some of you will start to get your cars. Uh, those initial customer delivery windows were late October. That does not appear to be happening for now. You've got Elon Musk sleeping on the roof of the Gigafactory. I'll get to that in a little while with the uh, production bottlenecks. But first, I wanted to mention uh, the Tesla earnings call for Q3 is going to be coming up next week. So a lot of people tend to enjoy those episodes of this podcast. I really do, too. They're a hassle to make, but they're really fun uh, when they're done and put together because uh, I'll, I'll take my do my usual spiel, which is I'm going to listen through the whole thing, take notes, uh, have you know points on everything, and serve you up the very best of it uh, in, in the form of clips of Elon and the Tesla executive team speaking, and then uh, any analysis and, and discussion that, uh, that I feel is warranted around that. So look for that on next week's episode. Uh, and then the other thing, before we get started, uh, this ties into the uh, the 75D performance upgrades that we're going to hear about from some very, very satisfied 75D S and X owners here in just a minute. But, you know, I, I've been thinking about uh, the performance Model 3 uh, because we've, of course, we got the first look at it probably uh, on the track last week, and uh, and we know it's it's due in the spring slash summer alongside the all-wheel, or not necessarily alongside, but around the same time as the all-wheel drive models per Elon uh, replying to me on Twitter about that very topic. And I think a while back, as I recall it, I, I had kind of put my guess for what the performance of that car would look like. I, I was getting, to, I was thinking mid threes, you know, kind of three, three to three, seven kind of range. And the more I thought about that this week in, in the wake of the 75D S and X upgrades, the more I think that's probably where it is in fact going to land. Because let me start, we'll start at the top. Like I just, I don't see the, the, there being any way, shape or form whatsoever that the, the performance model three has a zero to 60 time of under three seconds. Cause that's, then, then it's effectively matching the ludicrous model X, uh, which costs twice as much money. You know, the, the, you know, if the performance three is who knows, it'd be, you know, 75 plus options or somewhere around there. And then, you know, the, the ludicrous model X is in the neighborhood of $150,000 when, when configured up. Uh, I just don't see 
Tesla having having a, a vehicle that performs, even though there are two vehicles intended for different things, you know, an SUV, uh, it's a people mover versus a smaller four-door sedan, but I just don't see those two uh, being that close. So that's one reason why I think there'll be some separation between uh, those two cars. And then also, uh, if you look, you know, you can also adjust from what the zero to 60 times are now on the Model 3. We know it's 5.6 on the short range battery, the regular car. I don't want to call it, I don't want to insult it by calling it, it's not short range, it's fine. But there's the standard Model 3, zero to 60 in 5.6 seconds. And then the long range Model 3, zero to 60 in 5.2 seconds. Uh, And the dual motor variant of that is likely to to shave off a couple tenths uh, or so. So probably it's going to be, you know, about flat five, maybe sneak in at four, nine, something like that. And so if you kind of look, well, what would make sense to have some separation there within the Model 3 family? And it's like, you know, mid three starts to to make some sense, whether it's three, three to three, seven, you're talking about a, a one to one and a half second difference uh, between the the non-performance Model 3 and the performance Model 3. So, uh, and and even now, when you're you're adjusting for the the newly upgraded 75D Model S and Model X cars, those cars are now. I mean, the S's are down at like 4.2 seconds to 60 miles an hour. So, uh, if the the performance three, Again, it's those are comparably priced cars. A Performance 3 versus a 75D Model S. And it's, you know, definitely the 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 performance will be a bit better on the on the 3 there, but then the S has some other things going for it, of course, uh, for similar money such as a huge, you know, much much will double the cargo volume. Number 1, uh, you know, more a more premium interior, the seats uh, specifically, you know, the second screen uh, on, the, on the instrument cluster, the larger screen on the at the dashboard, etc. So, yeah, the more I think about it, the more three three to three seven makes some sense. Uh, I'd of course love for it to be on the lower end of that, meaning quicker end of that, the three point three side. But I could see it being around three four three five three six. Kind of in that range. That's uh, we'll see what happens. I suspect we're not going to learn anything about that sort of specific item on the car for a, a good while, but I'll be keeping an eye on it. So speaking of those 75D upgrades, they are to to uh, to borrow from Seinfeld. They are real and they are spectacular. Uh, we of course heard last week Michael from Milbray calling in who was at the service center and was told, hey, we can upgrade your car. I mean, he's got a 75D Model X that was one of the first 75s delivered uh, in as far as the X goes. So it's not a brand new car. It's only a year and change old, June 2016, he said. But he was eligible for the upgrade. And it turns out a lot of the 75D S's and X's are eligible for the upgrade. So I wanted to, to do a little kind of mini mailbag at the front of the show here because, and the reason I'm, I want to do this is really just to share the joy. I want I want you guys to listen to these uh, four quick calls uh, because just listen to these folks sharing their experience of, uh, of having cars that they've owned for, you know, maybe a year, maybe even a little more for a couple of these folks suddenly have 
substantially more acceleration. So uh, let me start with, I uh, hope I pronounced this right. <clears throat> Is it uh, Amarish from Daytona Beach calls in about his 75D performance upgrade. And he had a, a quite an interesting path to that. So uh, let's go to him. Let's start the, the joy here. Let's all, let's all share in the joy of, of our fellow Tesla fans. Hey, Ryan. Uh, this is uh, Amoresh uh, Vanga. I am actually from Virginia Beach, Virginia, a long-time listener of your podcast, and you do an awesome job. Um, you know, good job with that. Recently, um, I heard a call which said that uh, they have been improving the performance uh, with the performance upgrades on even older models of um, Model X, uh, which was, I think, 75D, where they gave the performance improvement uh, and shaved off a second, uh, I guess. I have a Tesla Model S 70D, which I brought uh, in September. Uh, that was the month it was delivered. Um, Oh, I'm sorry, my um, my bad. Uh, it was actually delivered in June of uh, 2016, and it was a 70D. Later, when the prices fell for the upgrade, I brought the additional 5 um, kilowatt and made it to 75D in a year later. And over the last appointment that I had with the service center, which was basically for other reasons, they upgraded and said that they do have the performance improvement and they shaved off a second. So I'm guessing that this performance improvement uh, can be done even to a little bit older vehicles, even in 2016. Um, mine was one of the first with the refresh. Um, so it was, it was kind of uh, uh, an older model, but uh, it's still uh, the one with the uh, refresh. Um, but it was one of the first ones of that. Well, um, that's it. Keep up the good job, and uh, love to hear your comments. Thanks. Thank you for the call, Amarish, especially because you are delivering exceptionally good news. I'm not again. I'm not sure if every 75D can get this, but boy, it's sounding more and more like it's a lot of the cars. Perhaps perhaps even all of them. How fantastic is that? No other car company even could do this. And even if they could, does anyone honestly believe another car company would do this, especially for free? A friend of mine messaged me uh, after this, this all started happening, or, or you know, late last week, early this week, and he called it quote, the equivalent of Chevy giving me a Corvette V8 for my truck for free. And I thought that was a really good way to put it. So uh, let me take a quick call on this sub subject now from Bob in Austin. He got upgraded as well. Bob, let's hear from you. Well, this is Bob from Austin. Uh, you may be getting a lot of calls like this, but I thought I'd add mine. We have a Model S 75D. We picked it up in June of 2016, and it does have the refresh front. I just called my service department here in Atlanta. They said, yes, bring it on in. We can upgrade it to the higher speed and there will be no charge and they could make an appointment anytime I wanted. So we'll see. We go in next week to get it uh, made faster, a second faster, I think. Uh, it'll be fun to be uh, even, even faster than it already is. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bob, I sense that you were almost trying to restrain yourself 
to be sort of more professional on the call there? Because I, I just sense your enthusiasm just bubbling right right underneath the surface there. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading it wrong, but but let it out. Get excited. If this was happening to my car, I mean, even, you know, it's not a fair comparison because I'm still driving a gas-powered car for now, but if I walked into the garage tomorrow, uh, I know this wasn't done over the air, so whatever, but, you know, if I, if I could take my car to the dealer and an hour and a half later, uh, after sitting in the lounge, uh, then then they hand it back to me, and it was a, a full second quicker. That would I'd be I'd be doing cartwheels. That's amazing. But uh, Bob, thank you for sharing. Let's go next to Mike in Indiana. Uh, also got a seventy five D upgraded. Mike, take it away. Hey Ryan, this is Mike from Indiana. Hey, love your show. Really appreciate what you're doing for the Tesla and the EV community. Hey, wanted to give you an update. Uh, this morning I heard your podcast from yesterday regarding the free performance upgrade for Tesla Model 75D owners. That obviously piqued my interest and I immediately contacted the service center in Indianapolis and the great service uh, folks there uh, responded very quickly. And in fact, I was able to get an appointment for two o'clock this afternoon got my car in and they did a firmware upgrade. There was no actual hardware upgrade necessary. It was just a firmware upgrade. And I asked why they couldn't do it over the air. And apparently they actually want to check out the car. There are some tests, maybe just that they just look at some stuff to make sure that the car is uh, is gonna be able to handle the, uh, the updated firmware. And then they, I believe they actually plug in the car probably to make sure that they get a, you know, a fast uh, connection and um, to be able to do the upgrade. But anyway, got the car back at about an hour and a half, I think the, the total. I was in and out uh, of the shop in about an hour and a half. Um, brought my laptop and got some work done, so really didn't wasn't a, a bother at all. And uh, all I can say is, wow, what a difference uh, of you know, taking a full second off of your zero to 60 acceleration does. And uh, couldn't be happier with the performance upgrade. Um, and to think that they're doing this for free is just absolutely amazing. I think partly it's to help separate the Model 3 from the Model S. Um, because now you are getting a difference not, of, not from 5.2 on the Model 3 down to 5. Point, or excuse me, 5.6 on the Model 3 down to 5.2 on the Model S. But now you're getting a 5.6 all the way down to a 4.2 second. Uh, so that's a pretty significant difference, which again, uh, just helps Tesla widen the gap and make and keeps the Model S um, as the premier sedan. So very excited, uh, very pleased with, um, with, with this outcome. So, hey, thanks again for all you do. I hope this, uh, hope, uh, this helps. Bye. Thanks for the call, Mike. And uh, Mike, I hope you hear yourself and what you just said. You heard some guy on a podcast, that would be me, and, uh, and via Michael from Milbray, his call, talk about a full one-second performance upgrade to the car that you already own. You called Tesla, made the appointment, and in 90 minutes, you had a car that now does 0 to 60 in 4.2 seconds. That is crazy. Also... 
Uh, I'm glad you brought up your theory on why this is happening, because I happen to agree with you. I like to believe, and I, and I do believe, that Tesla would have done this even if the Model 3 didn't exist, but it is awfully convenient that this creates some separation between the premium car and the new mid-range slash, you know, quote-unquote affordable car, uh, which is sort of what I was touching on with the my little performance rant, not rant, uh, performance uh, monologue there at the beginning of the show. So uh, thanks so much for the call, Mike. And one more before I move on to the rest of this week's Tesla news, because he is he certainly uh, deserves to take us take us out on this topic. The person who first reported this just in time for last week's show before, by the way, any of the news outlets had picked it up. I'm not giving myself credit there. I'm giving Michael from Milbrae credit. So let's hear from Michael from Milbrae. He got his Model X 75D back. Michael, how you feeling? Hey, Ryan. I just got my Tesla back a few minutes ago. Uh, just finished testing the acceleration. And wow, night and day. Um, it, you know, Model X 75D just went zero to 60 in 4.9 seconds. Um, I tested it before I took it in and it was 6.1. So I just got 1.2 seconds shaved off that. Um, that's incredible. Just from a software update. I don't, I don't know how they did it, but wow, they just earned that much more brand loyalty from me. Bravo. You bring up a great point as well, Michael, with brand loyalty, because do you really, is anybody who got this performance upgrade for free ever going to buy another car brand again? I mean, because again, who does this? This is, this is unprecedented. Nobody could do this. Nobody would do this. This is absolutely fostering serious loyalty from a company who has already organically done that. You know, we've seen the, what is it, the Consumer Reports surveys that 97% of Tesla owners are highly satisfied and would buy another Tesla. So, uh, just great, great stuff. I love that this is real and that it happened. I think all of us being, you know, trying to be realistic thought that when when Tesla back in again in late July said, uh, hey, you know, we're, we upgraded the 75Ds via a combination of hardware and software, especially after it was reported that the cars did get n- new motors, that we all thought, oh, okay, well, you know, it might get a, a tick or two, a, a tenth or two of a software update for the existing fleet, but then the the new 75Ds would get the full second. But nope, everybody's getting it, and that is incredible. Uh, just all hail Tesla on that one, man. That's all you can do is tip your cap. Unfortunately, all is not sunshine and roses in Fremont at the Tesla factory. A situation there seems to be getting worse in regards to a group of ex-employees who were fired after their recent performance reviews. Now, Tesla claims it was over job performance. The number of people fired was reportedly somewhere between 200 and 1,000 workers, which at the most represents approximately 3% of the Tesla workforce. But some of those former employees are saying that they were targeted because they were pro-union. They were, they were part of the unionization effort uh, and, and as we know, the unionization efforts have been an ongoing point of contention between Tesla and its factory employees. It's, that's been, a, 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 again, a point of contention for quite some time. Now, this week, a group of them protested at the Tesla factory's delivery center 
there in Fremont, which I've been to. Uh, in fact, that's where I plan to be picking up my Model 3 from, hopefully. So uh, here's actually a quick bit of audio. I want to give the, the user credit. This was filmed by YouTube user Only Tennis with, with an extra S on the end. So uh, O-N-L-Y-T-E-N-N-I-S-S, if you'd like to look that person up or, uh, or see the rest of the video. Uh, so take a listen to this. Well, I imagine between getting word of this and the production bottlenecks that Elon's been de uh, dealing with at the Gigafactory, he's probably had a, uh, a bottle of Tums at hand and popping those frequently. But, but really, this is serious. I mean, here, here's the comment that Electrek got from Tesla when they reached out about this situation. Tesla says, quote, At Tesla, we strive to be a fair and just company, the only kind worth being. No one at Tesla has ever or will ever have any action taken against them based on their feelings on unionization. Some employees recently left Tesla, but what has not been reported is that a much larger number, 17% of our employees, were promoted, and almost half of those promotions were within our factory in Fremont. We are a company where people can be promoted as quickly as their talents and work allow. It is not unexpected that union supporters would protest any decision we make, including this one, and we respect their right to do so. Well, that is certainly a, a very, uh, you know, professional, even keel response there. It, regardless, you don't like seeing this. And, and I don't say that dismissively of the protesters' concerns. I don't have the full picture, and neither do any of us. But what I mean by that, by saying that you don't like seeing this, is that the mission of Tesla is, is so much bigger that, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you buy into it, or at least a part of it, right? Uh, and, and it's that those goals, those company goals are important to all of us, and they can benefit all of us by getting more and more gasoline-powered cars off the road, more zero-emissions vehicles that can be powered with sustainable energy on the road. So, you know, anything that stands in the way of that goal is unfortunate. And that's, so, so it's a shame that, that this is happening. Now, that said, it's not okay for Tesla to try and accomplish those goals, those important goals, no matter what, or by any means necessary or at any cost. That's not okay. And to date, though, and this is obviously, in my opinion, from following them so closely for the last number of years, from covering them so closely the last number of years, Tesla has operated with honor and integrity in most cases. So I hope they are here, but if they're not, I hope that uh, steps will be taken to make it right. So keep an eye on this. If there's anything new to report that's, uh, that's sort of of significance to either party, I'll keep an eye on this one. In better news, the Model 3 long-range battery might be even more impressive than originally thought. Now, all of you, if you happen to hear uh, my impressions of the car from when I got uh, to attend the launch event at the factory back on July 28th, and my impressions included a test ride. Well, get this. Uh, and you, you remember, I was very, very impressed by the car. Remember that the range given by Tesla for the long-range version is 310 miles. Well, it turns out the EPA tested the car 
to a range of 334 miles, which is virtually identical. It's the uh, virtually identical to the to the Model S 100D, which is 335. But Tesla revised the Model 3 figure themselves. They they toned it down voluntarily. I would suspect that this is both to protect the Model S a bit, because they've got 100D Model S's they want to sell, and I also think it's probably a little bit of uh, covering their own backsides, because so many things can affect range. Driving habits, elevation changes, tires, wheels, temperature's a big one, etc. But uh, what's what's funny about this is, if you've been following Tesla for a really long time, a really long time, like I'm talking the very beginning of the Model S days, before the EPA switched to the uh, the five cycle, when they were on the three cycle, which is what the Roadster was originally measured at, uh, which, and I believe at the time the Roadster was two, I want to say 245, if memory serves, by the old EPA testing cycle, but on the current one that all the all the car all the Teslas and every other electric car uses now, the five cycle, and I don't know what the Roadster's official rating is because it's not manufactured anymore. But it gets more like it's it's about two hundred miles. So it, there is a substantial difference between the those two EPA testing cycles. But in that, my point is, I'm rambling a little here. That original that old testing cycle, the original Model S, the eighty five kilowatt hour battery was rated by Tesla at 300 miles based on the estimate of the the old EPA cycle. And it was revised down to 265 for the 85 and the P85 on the the final, you know, EPA five cycle test, the, the version of the car that shipped. So in this case, it's a reversal of history where, where the EPA tested it higher and Tesla is instead advertising a lower figure. So I thought that was just a strange footnote uh, of history there. Uh, but anyway, furthermore, uh, another note on this from the EPA documentation, the Model 3 long-range battery is apparently also capable of supercharging at up to 210 kilowatts, which is up from the 120 of the SNX. So it's not not quite double, but it is substantially higher. And as such, the S and the X are the technology leaders. Typically, uh, at least that's what, what Tesla has said. So I would expect a quiet upgrade to the S and the X soon that allows them to, uh, to soak up more electrons in a given moment. But either way, uh, r- wow. <laughs> wow. The Model 3 particularly this long-range version that they're starting with, uh, appears to be a very significant vehicle in the sense of uh, just the impressive specifications all around. Yes, it is a big jump from the $35,000 base version, that's the 220-mile range, to, you know, it's $9,000 to step up to the long range. But boy, you're it, it appears you're getting more like a hundred or a hundred and fourteen miles of extra range, which is uh, basically fifty percent more than uh, than the than the standard battery. So fifty percent more capacity, more or higher range for nine thousand bucks. That's uh, that's that's a lot. That's I mean, it's a lot of money, but you are getting quite a bit 
for that money. Next up here, remember Tesla's heavily rumored factory in China? Uh, this has come up fairly recently, specifically Shanghai. Well, that appears to be just about a done deal, according to a report from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, quoting them, they say, the deal with Shanghai's government will allow the Silicon Valley automaker to build a wholly owned factory in the city's trade-free zone. This arrangement, the first of its kind for a foreign automaker, could enable Tesla, <coughs> pardon me, folks, to slash production costs but it would still likely incur China's 25% import tariff, end quote. So you'd have to ask yourself, well, wait a minute, why would Tesla build a factory there and still be paying the tariff? Wasn't the whole point that they would put a factory there so that they would be exempt from that? Well, yes, but there's still uh, a price to be paid because uh, this way, by paying the tariff and wholly owning it themselves, they don't have to share ownership of the factory with the Chinese government, which is, in fact, currently the rule there. If you manufacture there, the tariff is waived, but the government gets a piece of the action, a piece of the property ownership, a piece of the business. Basically, I'm boiling it down, but uh, that is how it's set up over there. So hearing this then, the fact that Tesla is building a factory there, uh, leads me to think we'd already everybody. This is hardly a you know a, a brilliant insight on my part, but I'd expect uh, a gigafactory to follow in Shanghai pretty soon as well because it doesn't really make sense for Tesla to have one but not the other in any region. Like I, I got to figure anywhere that they're going to put a car factory there would have to be a gigafactory to supply that car factory, uh, especially given the scale and scope of Tesla's ambitions. These, you know, half a million cars, half a million Model 3s that they want to build a year, it's going to require substantial battery power. So battery supply, I should say more specifically. So that's, that is my take. I, I would, uh, I just wonder when, uh, a Shanghai Gigafactory announcement would would happen. I, I figure it would either closely follow the factory announcement, but it wouldn't even surprise me if those two things were announced jointly. I could see that happening as well. So uh, once that does become official, I will be sure to pass it on. Finally this week, I alluded to this at the top of the show, Model 3's quote-unquote production hell as Elon has previously deemed it, has apparently descended uh, Dante-style into the eighth circle. So nearing, nearing the bottom of the pit, uh, Elon posted an Instagram picture and then uh, followed that up with a video of him and some others camping out on the roof of the Gigafactory because, as he later explained on Twitter, quote, it was less time than driving to a hotel room in Reno, production hell, uh, rough, uh, approximately eighth circle. He used the little, you know, the little tilde to indicate, you know, about eighth circle. So uh, that's nuts. Uh, but but knowing Elon, I, or knowing about him, and and seeing his sort of tendencies and mannerisms, it doesn't surprise me that he got to the end of his busy day and said, probably just had to say to, to some handler or somebody, uh, okay, you know what? Eh, 
the tail will take too long to go back to town. I'm going to sleep on the roof. And then that person has to probably have a straight face while inside being terrified. This is, by the way, I'm projecting all of this. I have no idea how this actually went down. But if it were me, I'd probably, you know, have to look very, you know, keeping it together on my face. But inside I'd be going like, oh my God, what do we do? Do, Is that... What if he? What if something happens to him up there? Do we even have a sleeping bag? Oh my gosh! How do I handle this? That's got to be. Although maybe when you're when you work with Elon, you just get used to it. I don't know. But uh, on a more serious note, it's a bit disheartening to hear that they're still in the production hell. Although Elon did warn us at the launch event that it, it might be like a six month de- uh, production hell. But I'm glad he's working hard, and the whole team's working hard, obviously, and. I do think it's hilarious that he just went on the roof rather than drive back into town. So uh, let it n- never let it be said that Elon's not out there personally sacrificing just like the rest of the Tesla workforce. So uh, obviously the production situation is the hottest topic right now with Tesla. The stock has been sliding downwards due in large part to that, I suspect to the, uh, the concerns over Model 3 production. I suspect that uh, on the ver- I would bet the very first question on the uh, Q3 call next week is going to be about Model 3 production. So th- I, there's almost no way Elon doesn't address it somehow, either preemptively or, or in answering a question of a reporter. And that reminds me, uh, I need to write some questions for Elon in the, in the highly unlikely event that I get called on at that thing. But, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll see what he says at the, at the, uh, earnings call next week. All right. That wraps it up for the news this week here on ride the lightning. Uh, come right back after a quick message from a, uh, from a group who, who reached out and wanted to be on the show, uh, that I think you, you might be interested in. It's an, it's a, as I say in the, in the spot here, it's an intersection of two things that I care about a lot about, and I suspect a lot of you uh, may care a lot about as well. So take a quick listen to this, and then I'll be right back with the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Let me talk for a moment about the National Humane Society, because they've got two things you all know I'm very passionate about, animals and Teslas. The National Humane Society provides homeless and neglected animals with nourishing food, life-saving medical care, vaccinations, and safe shelters. And they are fundraising in a way I think you're going to be very interested in. They're raffling off a brand new Tesla Model S. Right now, all proceeds are going to Puerto Rico disaster relief to help the displaced animals there. And better still, every donation is currently being matched. You can make a difference. Help now. You may win a Tesla, and you'll definitely help save animals. Use the promo code TESLAPODCAST and get five extra tickets with any purchase. Go to nationalhumanesociety.org. All right, it is Ride the Lightning Hotline time. If you've got a question, comment, or a discussion topic for the podcast, you can uh, record the question on your smartphone and email me the file, 
teslapodcast at gmail.com is the email address to use for that. Alternatively, you can use the very easy to use 24-hour, seven-day-a-week Ride the Lightning hotline. That is a toll-free number you can dial. It is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. If you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let me kick it off here with John in New Jersey, a new listener who wants to talk Model 3 front seats. John, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is John from Cream Ridge, New Jersey. I just discovered your show after taking a test drive of a Tesla Model S in the King of Prussia Mall in Pennsylvania. Um, So I I had some questions for you specifically regarding the front seat on the Model 3 uh, versus the Model S and X. So I'm a pretty big guy. I'm uh, six foot 11 and a little bit on the heavy side. So it was actually difficult for me to get into the Model S with the steering wheel all the way forward. Um, the salesman that accompanied me on the test drive told me that that was actually coming in a software update where the steering wheel will retract and then come back forward again. Um, I'm hoping that's something that's included on the Model 3 as well. Uh, in addition to that, I'm really curious about the seat dimensions, if the seat's going to tilt and go back as far as it does, uh, and the S on the on the Model 3. So uh, any information uh, that you might be able to provide on that would be greatly appreciated because I'm sadly looking to throw down the $1,000 a little bit late here uh, and get at the end of the line while I still can, um, but need to really get that question answered first, and I understand that the threes will not be in showrooms until at least the end of the year at the earliest. Thanks for uh, doing this podcast. It's really great. Yes, John, that steering wheel retraction when you turn the car off and and go to get out will be a software update that's going to apply to all the Teslas, including the Model 3, not just hardware, too. Everybody, according to Elon. No ETA on it, unfortunately, uh, because, again, it was an Elon tweet. So I'm very confident that it will happen but uh, a lot less confident about when it will happen. Now, as to your concern, as a big and tall gentleman, the Model S is obviously a bigger car than the 3, but the S is lower slung than the the 3 is. Now, the the roof heights are about the same, but just the the sort of angle of the windshield is lower uh, on the S, and as such, it it actually does have less headroom Uh, than the uh, Model 3. I've sat in the front seat of both cars, and I went and looked up the numbers on Tesla's website just to make sure that my memory was correct. And fortunately for me, it was. So the headroom is a bit better on the 3. It is measured at 38.8 inches on the Model S versus 40.3 on the Model 3. So uh, that's, by the way, that's with the all-glass roof on both cars there. That's only, you know, you're talking an inch and a half. It's not a ton, but, it, you know, that could make the difference for you. Obviously, everybody's different. Uh, but let me throw this at you real quick. Now, you are an NBA-sized man at 6'11", and numerous professional basketball players drive the Model X. I've seen their Instagram feeds. I've seen their Twitter feeds. They are out there. So uh, I'm curious 
Did you happen to check out the Model X while you were at the showroom? Because I can virtually guarantee that you would be comfortable in that car. It has uh, 41.7 inches of headroom. So about, gosh, that's a good uh, three, yeah, three inches more than the than the S. And uh, what is that, about uh, one and a half, yeah, one and a half more about than the, than the Model 3 even. So yeah, you didn't say in your call if you were checking out the S in the store just to check out the headroom or if you're actually thinking of buying one. So obviously the, the X is more expensive than the S, which is in turn more expensive than the 3, but uh, there is some information for you. I hope you're able to get comfortable in whichever Tesla you end up choosing. Next is Brian from Virginia, who has himself a Model 3 reservation, but uh, has some questions about what to do next and when he gets his car about paint protection and how to protect that finish. So let's see if I can help Brian from Virginia. Go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Brian from Reston, Virginia, calling you, and I've got a question. Let me first say that actually I think it's your fault that I have a question because I've been listening to your podcast now for uh, several weeks and I've learned an awful lot about Tesla and the options regarding Tesla. I was on the list as an early subscriber for a Model 3, but after I began to learn from your podcast um, all about the various options and, and incentives for buying a, a Model S, uh, sooner than waiting for the Model 3, uh, I guess I should say the Model 3 I was thinking of getting would probably not be available for me at least until about the fourth quarter of uh, 1918. And at that point I would have lost out on, probably lost out on the $7,500 federal credit. Uh, I also would have missed the $1,000 and the free uh, charging station um, uh, incentive and um, so anyway looking at all of that and um, and also uh, well other incentives that were being offered I decided that maybe what I really wanted to do for the difference in cost was um, what the difference was going to be between the 3 and the S uh, with all those incentives that maybe I just didn't want to delay gratification and so I went ahead and, and uh, put in an order for a Model S. Now that has raised with me the question, I see a lot of discussion on the Tesla, uh, the Tesla websites and all the ones devoted to car clubs and so forth, of putting some kind of protection on the paint so that you don't get stone chips and so forth when driving. And I have to admit that uh, one of my cars has gotten a number of stone chips and I'd kind of like to not have that happen again. So I was thinking of getting a fabric, I think you call it a bra, to basically a little half cover to put on the front end of the car so that you basically don't hit so many stones and so forth. But I noticed that actually what those aren't so widely advertised for Tesla and what instead there seems to be is um, clear coat um, acrylic finishes that one puts over the paint. Now in my life I've never put anything on a car other than car wax and most of my cars have been quite alright <laughs> being treated that way although the occasional stone chip does happen. Is 
I guess my question is, is it a good and safe idea to put these acrylic uh, coatings on? Seems to me I would worry about them yellowing and after several years being uneven in their coverage and so forth and showing uh, basically not holding up as well as a painted car with good wax on it. Uh, the other thing I guess I would ask is, is there a source of good um, front-end car covers, the so-called uh, bras, to uh, put on the front end of a Tesla Model S? So anyway, that's my question, and um, I'll look forward to hearing anything that you can say about it or any other uh, listeners want to chime in with. Thank you. Brian, I hope I can help you here. I was in the same boat as you when I bought my current car 12 years ago in that I didn't know a thing about paint protection film. There's a, there is a lot to learn, trust me on that, but let me try to boil it down a little bit to, to try and get you going and help you out. Basically, paint protection film can, can more or less seal in the paint as is when the car is new. Uh, you can also get paint correction done before the film even goes on and then get additional protective coating finishes over the top of the film if you want, but each of those steps is going to add to the cost. A, a good installer, a good detailer, is gonna wrap the edges of that clear film around the body panels so that you can't even see any edges. And, and really, that is the key. Not the edges, but the good installer. Find a good professional detailer. Most of them use, uh, there's sort of two paint protection film, you know, clear film brands that are in vogue right now. And those are Xpel. Uh, I say that very sort of deliberately because it's spelled X-P-E-L. So Xpel or Suntech, S-U-N-T-E-K, if you wanted to Google either of those. Those are the two most popular brands. And there are slight differences, as I understand it, in the overall appearance of each under certain lighting conditions. A detailer can walk you through all that stuff far better than I could. Uh, but as for the yellowing, it's a valid concern on your part. But what I, can, what I can tell you from direct personal experience is that the clear film that I have on the nose of, of my G35, because that, that's all I did was just the, the, the front end up to like a third of the way up the hood, which I may have said this on this podcast before, but I have such regret about that. I wish I'd spent a bit more money and done the entire hood and fenders because there are so many rock chips. I've had them all filled in with factory paint, but it, you know, you can at the right angle, you can still totally see it. I really wish I'd done the entire hood because man, the <laughs> there are rock, plenty of rocks have found their way further up the hood towards the windshield, but. Uh, anyway, what I was saying about the yellowing of the film is that mine, uh, is 12 years old and it has not yellowed and better still the, f the film, the clear film technology, the PPF, uh, technology has improved a lot in that time. I have a, a 3M film on my car. And again, the, the ones that are th whatever 3M has is apparently not good enough for, the, the real high-end professional detailers, because like I said, the Xpel and the SunTech are the two uh, films of choice now. So uh, two final points. I will, oh, no, that's sorry. There was the other thing you wanted to know about was, is it removable? Yes. A professional, a professional, mind you, 
can remove it without any damage to the paint. And I know that because I had mine replaced about a year into having the car because I was pulling in in a, in a parking garage and I just grazed, like oh so barely grazed a, a cement post and it didn't damage the paint. This is actually an exact case where the paint, the, the, the film saved me, but it did tear the film. So I had it taken off, uh, all of it taken off and redone. That was an expensive mistake, but I'm rather, I would rather it have been that than the paint. You know, that's, I would much, of course, you know, you, you want to protect your factory paint at all times because it's a uh, replacement paint is, uh, you know, not, not ideal. Anyway, uh, the final points on this, two final points I'll give you on this topic. Number one, I say all this stuff uh, and having done research and, you know, you've been hearing about immaculate reflections at the end of the show. Uh, it's not cheap. This is, this is, these are, again, a good detailer. It's not cheap. It's, uh, you're talking about thousands of dollars if you wanted to do the entire car, but still probably, you know, just ballpark. It can, your mileage can vary depending on where you live and who you, t who you go to, but you're looking at probably, you know, roughly a couple thousand dollars to do, uh, you know, the front hood, fenders, rocker panels, all those sort of front facing areas where, where rock chips tend to congregate, the, where they're most likely to impact. I mean, but I will say this, if you plan on having the car for a long time, uh, which I plan to with my Model 3, uh, it's worth serious consideration. I very, very much uh, am trying to budget for it and want to do it because I really want to protect that. You know, I, I've I've already pre-decided on uh, multi-coat red paint, and then you know, that's a that's a multi-coat paint that is that is not probably not going to be super easy to repair if there's paint damage. So I would rather you know I want to protect that original factory finish. Uh, as much as I possibly can. So I, I've been doing a lot of research into this. That's why, I, you know, I've got the, we've got the Immaculate Reflections mentioned at the end because, you know, they reached out to me and that was a, a topic I thought would be uh, very, very much of interest to my audience. So uh, they're obviously out in California and you're not. So, give, you know, give, give it a Google in your area and see who comes up. You know, I, I would actually, I would suggest Yelp. Uh, that's a great place to start to find good installers, good detailers in your area. But uh, uh, just real quick, your answer your question about the traditional black, uh, the fabric bra for the nose cone. I Googled that myself and went, went a few pages deep and I couldn't even find anything that fits the Model S. So it might, there might not even be anything made that fits the car. Um, apologies, I you know, couldn't be more helpful there, but I hope this helps, Brian. Thanks so much for listening. I know I kind of went on for a little while there. Next up, uh, two more calls, and we'll wrap things up. Paul is a day one Model 3 reservation holder, and he's got a question about the uh, token of appreciation that seems to come up on the show on a semi-regular basis. So, Paul, take it away. Hi, uh, this is Paul. I've uh, been listening to your podcast for a few weeks now, and it's uh, fun to do. I, uh, I'm a first day reservation holder for the Model 3. And you mentioned a couple times in today's podcast how um, the idea of there being a perk or a token of appreciation for first-day Model 3 reservation holders and, uh, you know, like, possibly supercharging, or I guess you said that's probably not going to happen, or maybe a, 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 
uh, uh, the ability to transfer the full self-driving or something. But, but my, my question was, um, is the idea of a perk or a token appreciation for first-day reservation holders, is that something that Tesla has done before, or have they given any hints that they might do something like that? Or, or just, I guess I'm just wondering where, where, where did the idea come from that there would be a perk for first-day uh, reservation holders? And thank you very much. I appreciate you doing the podcast. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for giving the podcast a try, Paul, and I appreciate you calling in. Since you're new, you haven't heard this before, but that's okay, because a lot of folks listening are new, so it is worth mentioning this. Uh, it was Elon Musk himself who said on Twitter last year, after the startling number of Model 3 reservations happened on the first day, that there would be some kind of quote-unquote token of appreciation for those of us who put down our $1,000 without even seeing the car at the March 31st reveal first. So that's um, not, that's, don't interpret that literally. It's not, you know, there's not a cutoff of you had to get your reservation in before the reveal event started. It's, it's those first day reservation holders that uh, Elon has said that there would be some sort of token of appreciation for. That has uh, quite naturally led to a lot of speculation from myself and from callers and from Tesla fans everywhere. And that's what you heard from me and that caller last week. So we'll see what it ends up being, if anything. Obviously, Elon's got uh, bigger fish to fry right now, uh, like just getting cars out the door. So we shall see what happens. Let's wrap up with Christy in South San Francisco uh, with some kind words, uh, as well as... Uh, as as what what I think is maybe the best name for a Model X specifically that I've heard because you know Tesla owners you can name your cars so uh, let's hear from Christy in South City Christy go ahead Hey Ryan Christy from South San Francisco just listened to your episode with Alex Roy and really enjoyed the interview and we could hear you just fine thought it was great I loved the part of the discussion about the sonic language of Teslas as well. We recently upgraded from a Model S 75 to a Model X 90D, and I will say that the difference between that single and dual motor is very noticeable. Um, with the road trips we've taken recently, it is that that winding up, that um, hum of the that dual motor that you can hear that is really exciting. And I love that you compared it to the Millennium Falcon uh, going into hyperspace as well. We actually named our X the Aluminum Falcon. Um, she's silver, and we thought it was a fun play on words even for people who aren't big Star Wars fans or haven't seen the Robot Chicken episode on Adult Swim, uh, the Aluminum Falcon has relevance with the aluminum body panels and the Falcon Wing doors. And so anyways, you, uh, you made our day by making that reference and just wanted to uh, share that news as well. So uh, keep up the good work. Thanks. Bye. Oh, my goodness, Christy. Aluminum Falcon is the best Tesla car name I've heard yet. That would, by the way, that would make an amazing vanity license plate as well, but it's just too darn long. That's, it doesn't translate well to a license plate. I, I racked my brain. I could not think of any way to communicate that effectively in seven characters, but uh, thank you for the kind words, by the way, about the Alex Roy interview. I got a lot of positive feedback on that. Uh, he was 
Alex was fantastic to talk to. I mean, his passion for cars and his, you know, semi-recently found enthusiasm for Tesla is something that I think we can we can pretty well all relate to. And uh, one last note on the on the motor wine in the Roadster, it might be my single favorite undocumented feature, quote unquote feature, in that car. So I hope the next gen Roadster, whenever it does come around, brings that motor wine, that Millennium Falcon sounding motor wine back, at least to some degree. Obviously, that car is going to have more than one motor in it, so maybe that increases the chance that we'll be able to uh, get that get that whoosh sound. Thanks, everybody, for your calls. If you, again, uh, if you want to dial in, talk a little Tesla, got a question, comment, or discussion topic, you can, again, record something on your smartphone using your phone's built-in voice recorder, and then email the file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can give me a call on the toll-free Ride the Lightning hotline. Just call 1-888-989-8752 and leave a message anytime that it's convenient for you. All right. Uh, Let me come back here after a quick bumper, wrap things up, and then I'll be on my way from another with another show in the books. 117, man. It's uh, for Halo fans, 117. You know, that's that's Master Chief's number. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's a fun show number. 117 has a meaning for us Xbox fans. Anyway, be right back right after this. Uh, We were talking paint protection film earlier, so let me start off by mentioning Immaculate Reflections. They are uh, one of the premier detailers in the Bay Area. If you're planning on picking up a Tesla, maybe taking factory delivery if you are in the Northern California area, you're going to want to look up irdetailing.com if you are thinking of giving some extra protection, extra love to that new Tesla. Uh, They, of course do ceramic coatings, new car delivery prep, paint correction services, paint protection film, etc. Uh, they are an, about an hour away or less uh, from the Tesla factory in Brentwood, California. Look them up. They are on, uh, again, the website irdetailing.com. You can also find them on Yelp and Instagram at immaculate underscore reflections. If you are buying a new Tesla, you've got, oh, a couple of days to use the uh, the f- get the full power of the referral code, in other words, the thousand dollars off. So right now, for another couple days here through the end of October, you can get the one thousand dollar discount and the free unlimited lifetime supercharging. Starting November first, it's just going to be the free unlimited lifetime supercharging. So uh, if you've been on the fence and you decide to jump in, please go ahead and use my cousin Pat's code. It is ts.la slash Patrick5008. That's what you type in that whole thing, that short link into a browser. Or if you're going into a Tesla store, maybe you're picking up an inventory car, you can just give them Patrick5008 as the referral code there. Uh, I want to thank the Patreon producers, the very awesome folks who support me at the $20 or higher level each month on Patreon. Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, Alexi Heft, Lisa Kaz, Michael Opre, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, 
Robert Maracle, Vince Vaughn, John Lasher, Harold Plug, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ouellet, Andreas Cohen, Sean Fournier, Tim Hyde, and Marcus Mayenshine. Thank you all so much. Uh, if you would like to consider backing me on Patreon, I would be sincerely appreciative of that. You can get more information, uh, see what's doing there. It's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. If you're shopping for Tesla accessories for you or and or your car, maybe a lanyard, maybe a screen, 17-inch screen protector, uh, maybe a silicon key fob pocket for your car, uh, get 20% off of your order. So abstractocean.com, that's the place to go. That is the place to shop, and that is the place to put in the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout in order to get that 20% discount. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Um, gosh, I, there's been so much going on. I just reviewed at the, at the old day job, IGN. It's been a busy week. I reviewed Super Mario Odyssey, which is my favorite game of the year so far. Uh, if you have a Switch or are thinking of getting one, do you just get Mario Odyssey. <laughs> if you have or are going to get a Nintendo Switch, what a game. Uh, it's somehow after... 30-plus years, Mario games are still magical. My goodness. Uh, what else? Oh, you can email me as well, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and that about wraps it up. Please subscribe to the podcast uh, if you don't already. We're on, on just about every major podcast service, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, or the hosting site where you can grab individual files or the RSS feed, which is teslapodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N. Dot com. Uh, if you feel so inclined, maybe you'll leave a review of the podcast. I think that that goes into the old algorithm on iTunes or Google Play, what have you. Herps, helps with circulation and and uh, you know getting the the show bumped up on those charts and that kind of thing. So uh, no big deal. But if you if you happen to be on there and you feel so inclined, uh, I wouldn't say no. That wraps it up. Uh, before I go, I want to send one extra little thank you to Harry in Fort Worth who sent me such an incredibly kind and sweet call. Uh, he's just been enjoying everything that's been going on with the podcast lately. Uh, I didn't want to play the call because it's I didn't want it to seem too self-serving and there wasn't really any sort of discussion to be had about it. But I, Harry, I just wanted to acknowledge you and say I got your call and that that really made my day when you when you left that message for me. So thank you so much. I really sincerely appreciate that. And I do appreciate all of you. I, I say it a lot, but... Uh, your time is so valuable. I mean, I know mine is in my day-to-day -day life, so I try to uh, always keep that in mind when I'm doing this podcast. And I know I'm uh, sneaking in uh, right about at the hour mark this week. So, uh, you know, it tends to be right in that range. And I just, just want to always be respectful of your time, try to give you the, big, the best show I possibly can without, uh, without any, you know, fluff or, or, uh, or extra stuff that doesn't need to be there. So, um, Thank you all so much for your time, for your, your, uh, your listenership. It means a lot to me. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you next week.